Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, please. In this episode, I'm hoovering with a blooming Commonwealth Games medal-winning weightlifter and hopefully future Olympian, the amazing Emily Campbell. Yes, please. Thanks for listening to Hoovering. If you want to give it a little proverbial hug, the only legal type of hug that there is, please may you give it a five-star review and subscribe to it. You can tell other people about it in real life or on the internet. Thank you. Or if you're up for helping the podcast with actual spondulics, you can do that. You can do a one-off bit of money, maybe a fiver or a tenner. Go to supporter.acas.com forward slash hoovering. Or if you'd like to help in a more regular way in exchange for podcast-related awesomeness, become a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. They've added a function where you can put in for a whole year and get 10% off. Uh, if not, most people are doing a thing where you give anywhere from like two quid up to other amounts a month uh, in exchange for things like guest recipes, discount or free tickets to virtual or real live shows, some of which going in the diary now for early next year. Everything, fingers crossed, hoping that we'll be able to actually do those. If not, more virtual ones coming your way and loads, loads, loads of exclusive content for patrons only. So, uh, me and Emily are walloping some lunch together over Zoom, a lunch that she chose, what with her being tits deep in training always. <laughs> oh God, though, I was so happy to make that lunch. Um, I think Emily is a force and a voice that absolutely needs to be heard. What a madly impressive and inspiring woman. You're going to love this. I rarely get to talk to proper athletes about how what they do affects how they eat. But I want to know all the general stuff I'd ask everyone anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. You are, for anyone who doesn't know, a proper grown-up weightlifter. Commonwealth. <laughs> that is fucking cool. I've been doing it for a couple of years. I fucking love it, but I'm a hobbyist. Yeah, for yeah. For various reasons. I just started doing... So you appreciate um, it then? Oh, my God, I love it. And I wish I'd found it, it earlier. I didn't discover it till my 30s. I'm big, big... Big fan. And uh, and I missed it during lockdown. I'm not, like, well-equipped enough to have any stuff at home. Yeah, of course. A private gym I could use. But I just had some dumbbells and stuff, but all oh, my days I missed it. Huh. But um, I discovered you via... I just started doing CrossFit, and it's at yeah. the end of my road in Catford. Okay. And it's run by an amazing woman called Nicola, who's, like, filled it with women. Um, Lovely. In a brilliant way, yeah. 
and um, she was tooting your horn on the internet, and I was like, this lady looks amazing. Hello. Hello. So, yeah, you are like a bronze medal winning at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. And, and it says as well on the, on the Team GB or Team England website that you're a para power lifter. Oh, yeah, no, that's, a, that's an error. That's an um, error, fine. <laughs> so, so we, we it and, um, yeah, I'd, um, I'd definitely have to um, either have lost my legs or have no working legs to be a, a para power lifter, oh, just right, to clear okay. that up. So them guys uh, are the para, the guys, um, right. and they are completely different. And I definitely cannot bench as much as them guys do. They are another <laughs> right. level. So, yeah, we'll clear that one up right there. <laughs> and are you training for something right now or is everything a bit sketchy at the moment because of the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, everything's a bit sketchy. Everything yeah. obviously gears towards the Olympics next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I'm lucky because, like I said, I had surgery, so I'm kind of working back to get into full fitness, so I've kind of got something to work towards. Uh, But, yeah, everyone else is kind of just at the gym, just, yeah. Was your surgery weightlifting-related, an injury? Yes and no. Basically, I had a piece of bone that came away from uh, a bone, obviously, in my body. Yeah. Yeah. in my knee um, and it was basically floating and it kept getting stuck underneath my patella tendon and it was basically ripping it apart so but obviously I was making it worse by keep lifting heavy stuff yeah 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 Um, so yeah it was one of those where I've been in pain for quite a while but I kept going ah it's not that bad and then it got to a point where it was really bad and I was in mini meltdown mode and this was just before this was just before lockdown I literally had a meltdown the Wednesday we got locked down on the Friday it's like someone was praying down on me and said it's all right we're gonna help you don't worry (laughs) and then uh, yeah so basically I had um, sometimes kind of strip back and see what was going on and then it was still in pain even when I was resting so I went and had a scan and then they found that bad boy (gasps) Um, yeah so then I went in for surgery two weeks later took it out repaired by tendon and then yeah just basically been rehabbing ever since wow and so how quickly after something like that can you lift again well i'm hoping in the next six weeks i can start lifting again so that would be just over three months about three four months so it's been pretty it's been pretty fast i've got so many questions and nothing to do with eating and it's really annoying because i want to ask all of them but first (laughs) things first you chose our lunch and i was you could tell even over a written message how excited I was. You was pretty excited, yeah. <laughs> About something so basic. <laughs> but I just, I just hadn't had it for ages. And actually, you're in Nottingham, aren't you? I'm in London and it's, yeah. it's presumably the same. Like, it's just got proper cold. Yeah, and proper this cold. this is like, this is the lunch of champions when it's just mm. got pro- Also, feels like not inappropriate to have in the summer either, actually. Mm. We're having a jacket potato with tuna, sweet corn, and cheese. Yes, please. I want to know yes. everything about your process. Did you make your own jacket potato? Uh, yeah. So yes. I just got a jacket. To be fair, I'm not going to lie, I cheat a little bit because I put it in the microwave instead of putting it in the oven. Okay. Obviously, okay. If, you want the, if you want a perfect potato, you should probably put it in the oven. Yeah. And nobody got time for an hour of a potato in the oven. Got it, got it. Um, and then, um, uh, yeah, grated some... Um, mature cheddar cheese mm. um, no butter and then, yeah a bit of butter actually yeah, yeah a bit yeah. of butter first yeah because you can't really have dry potato can you no, no, um, no. and then I have because I'm big I have to have two lots two tins of tuna yeah um, and then I put a bit of black pepper and a bit of all purpose seasoning in and then mm. put my mayo in mm. with some sweet corn and it just gives it that extra little flavour to the tuna I'm really jealous of the all-purpose seasoning. Yeah, try it, mate. Change your life. All right. Well, I did. I thought I'm going to try and make... Because I've been... I've been in since, like, quarter to 11 this morning. And I thought, I'm going to try and make, like, the dog's bollocks of a jacket potato. I've got all that time. Stick it in the oven on a low heat for hours. Because then I've been on a lot of meetings, so I thought, I can't... I can't just stick it in now, low heat, but for nearly two hours. And I'm not mm. going to lie, I've absolutely fucked it up. <laughs> I, I thought that the skin... You know when you get a baked potato in a calf 
or yeah. you know a restaurant or whatever somehow it looks like the skin's gone all like darker and slightly separate from the lovely potato doesn't it I think must yes. need to sit in one of those like pretend ovens that sits on the yeah. counter for days to get that because I've never achieved it anyway I rubbed salt in I pierced it rubbed oil in all that but I yeah. must have had it on too low heat it's not disgusting but it's only just cooked I might as well have microwaved it and not thought about mm. it two hours ago but then yeah, yeah after that our processes are quite similar it's got to be salty butter then cheese yeah. Yeah. ideally then a bit of melting in time yes then i do the tuna and the sweet corn and mayonnaise in a separate bowl yes and um salt pepper i'm an absolute pervert for salt yeah. um but what i've not done is any seasoning like and i i i, I would have liked Maybe like a splash of Tabasco. Mm. Just so I think you win. Not that it's competition. No, but I, like, I feel like the effort you put into your potato. Yeah, it's gives it another level. So yeah. like you know, you mean God loves a trial. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no one wants their lunch to taste of effort. It's taste of effort, but failure. And it's fine for something to taste of effort if it also tastes of success, Emily. Um. But effort plus failure exactly. is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> 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 but yeah, like, I, I, as I said, like I haven't had a chance to talk. How much do you care about eating generally? Are you into it generally? Yeah, um, 100%. Love, love eating. I mean, I didn't get this side of meat and salad, so, you know, yeah. I like well, to eat food. Yeah, totally. Me too. That's why I've got a whole podcast about eating. Um, so... I think it's interesting with um, one of the reasons I'm just going to go in deep personal straight off the bat I would love like I love I love weightlifting so much it's the first time I've found a type of move in my body that um, I do because it makes me feel amazing and it brings me loads of joy and I go because I want to go uh, historically I've had a, I've enjoyed sport and stuff at school a bit and that, but generally, I've um, I I will have, I will have been exercising for punishment to feel like I deserve to eat or um to change my body to make my body smaller ultimately vanity slash whatever yeah uh, patriarchy whatever whatever there's a million reasons but not for enjoyment and in weightlifting I've found something that's so joyful and I love the idea of like working up to doing even like a competition within my own gym or something like that. Yes. But one of the things that terrifies me about that, do you think? Mm. Yeah, everyone should have a go. But what terrifies me about it, but I suppose it doesn't happen until you're working at a much higher level, is that um, I have a history with not ideal relationship with eating. So I just don't ever want to weigh myself. Like part of yeah. being happy for me is not knowing how much I weigh. Of course. So I've got a hundred questions, but to, to whittle down my first one, I suppose it's like, one, genuinely as a weightlifter, how does it affect what you eat? Do, what, do you have to change what you eat massively when you're training? Do you have to do things for gains or do you have to try and get down to get into a category? How does that work? How does that affect you psychologically? Do you have to weigh yourself more often than you would do ideally? And I've basically asked you 15 questions in one annoying massive question. No, that's perfect because they all look to each other. Uh, great question. So I was actually... Um, about 95 kilos when I started weightlifting. Right. And that means that that put me into the super heavyweight category straight away. And then as soon yeah. as I started weightlifting, I carried on eating the same, but because I was training more, I wanted to eat more because I was hungrier. And then yeah. I naturally ended up putting on weight. And within a year's time, I was probably 105, 105 kilos. Then I was nearly 110. And yeah. now I sit 122 kilos. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's a lot of weight to put on within four years. Yeah. But... The good thing is that I enjoy eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it gave me yeah. a reason to. Yeah, I guess if, if you've got people doing it who are like, I've got to gain weight to, to get more powerful or whatever, but don't like eating. Oh, that's yeah. a shit spin. That's what I mean. Right? It's, it's tough, but I put what? 30 kilos, 40 kilos of weight on, but mm. I put around 80 kilos on my total. Mm -hmm. in that is in lifted so amazing when you look at, when you look at it in comparison it yeah. means like and then at the end of the day when I wanted to be competitive on that world stage I compete mm -hmm. against girls that are 140 kilos plus yeah so me at 120 I look pretty tiny yeah so yeah. 
I'll take it because when I go to internationals and you look at the lineup, I look like yeah. Beyonce compared to some of the girls. So <laughs> I'll take it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I will absolutely take it. Oh, so, my God. Yes, I, I'm lucky in the fact that I don't have to get myself down into a weight class. Yeah, yeah. But the hard thing for me is when we go to internationals and yeah, I can't track my food, is yeah. I lose weight quite a lot. And it's right. important for me to keep my weight up. So oh, I do right. have to weigh myself every morning because I have to make sure, because I'm not naturally this weight, I'm not naturally 120 right, kilos. Right. So yeah. I have to make sure every morning I wake up, I weigh myself, I'll text my nutritionist and tell him how much I weigh. And then I have to make sure I eat enough every single day so I can maintain my weight. Because if I don't eat in excess of 3,000 calories a day, I'll lose yeah. about two kilos. And then it's yeah. working to get that back on again. So, mm-hmm. but then it's the hard part is you have to eat properly. Yeah. You can't just obviously you can't eat just do with toe bones. Yeah. Yeah, toe bones. Yeah, you can't just pick a mix and cake every day. <laughs> it's a great way to treat yourself at the end of the day. If you've had all your cows and you've got a little bit left, then don't get me wrong, it's great. But at the same yeah. time, you have to, I have to make sure I'm eating big enough meals and I have to learn to, you know, carry on and be full. Like I have to eat and I'm full and I have to like think, well, I've got training two hours and I've got to like get over it basically. Yeah. It's hard when you first start, but you know, I've been doing it for a while now, so I'm getting used to it. And yeah, yeah everyone just hates me on internationals because I can have a burger before I lift the night before and they're all sweating because they've not had anything to eat for like two hours or something. <laughs> so it's <food. laughs> Well, yeah, well, like I, I was speaking to someone who's, getting ready for a competition tomorrow and um it's the first time i've ever had a face-to-face conversation with anyone so it's happening yeah. twice one day which is so nice wow. but they um they had two kilos to lose and um and they were like no no I, they can still eat but they were like i've got to not have anything to drink from midday today but keep yeah. me in it's all about water and i was like fuck me like mm. that side of things i just said i can't yeah, I think the same. So I, I do bits of acting as well, and I, I do think like, I could, I could definitely, I'd hopefully get my body up for a part, but I don't think I could get it down. down, like, down. <laughs> but, but in, in all seriousness, because it would very much psychologically fuck me up. It would send me down a hole. Mm. But um, I just find it so interesting. So, is it like, um, this is such a lay person's. A general assumption but when you say eat well when you're training is it fuck tons of protein basically and loads of vegetables or is it a right old mixture i think people i think there's a misconception that carbs well there's every yeah. we we our generation of women which is a broad statement because you're much younger yes. than me um <laughs> 37 but i do think roughly our generation of women and younger no, and, and my mum actually all kind of think carbs all carbs are bad now it yeah. used to be when i was a kid everybody thought fat was bad and now it's no now there's like a um, there's an amazing writer and chef called Ruby Tando who calls it a carb crisis because women especially are so fucking terrified of eating a carb Agreed. so I would love to know what's happening what happens in terms of the balance of protein, veg, carbs and all the other shit when you're training yeah so we um, first of all carbs are not bad um, if you're training and you're using energy what do you expect to be replaced with if you're not eating any carbs you're not going to replace the energy so at one point you're going to get depleted and you're going to be tired um, yeah. and generally we just I just eat good light hearty meals so making sure that I've got a good amount of carbs or a good amount of protein so I'd probably I won't bore you with the macros but like I probably have around 36 to 40 grams of protein on my plate every, every meal mm-hmm. um, but that just basically means like two chicken breasts or two fillets of sea bass or yeah. you know, two pork chops or something like that along those lines yeah. and then a load of rice or potatoes or whatever and then yeah obviously make sure to top it always up with veg and stuff but like yeah I have like last night we had fajitas for dinner um, like you know I have meatballs and spaghetti like I have like you have normal meals mm. um, it's not there's no rocket science to it like do you know what I mean yeah, like it's yeah. funny actually I was, was talking today and on Instagram somebody posted about people getting, trying to eat like bodybuilders just go to the gym and start getting emotional and eating plain chicken. And I was like, chickens did not die to not be seasoned. Like, can you not insult them, please? Do you know what I mean? So, like, can we just stop stop going on? Like, all this whole eating thing has to be so complicated. Like, just eat good food. Like, don't fry it all the time. Think of, If you think of something, is there an alternative way you can do it? Can you put it in the oven? Can you put it in some foil? Can you steam it? 
can you boil it? Do you know what I mean? If you can't, then fry it. But like, don't be, you know what I mean? Eat and take away all the time and stuff like that. But then if you do want to take away on a weekend, then have one. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I just, I just think we, we get so hung up about it all. And if you want to get strong, you just eat your dinner, basically. <laughs> such a lovely, simple, such a lovely, simple message. I want to get that on a T-shirt, mate. Yeah. If you want to get strong, eat your dinner. It's a good motto for my um, four-year-old as well, actually. Yeah, exactly. This is what yeah. I mean. kids, kids don't know what they're missing out on. They get older and they think, what was I fucking about when I was younger? Because... Yeah. Were you, you know fussy I mean? when you were a kid ever? Um, not really. No. Yeah, I pretty much ate, I pretty much ate most things. My sister was picky though. She was really yeah. bad. But now now she's not and now she laughs about how picky she was when she was growing <laughs> <laughs> Well it's years of missing out, isn't it, you realise when she's growing up. This is it. Yeah. Say scrum diddly umptious. No. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly Did you have, like, anybody in your friends or family that was weightlifting? Did, how did you discover it? No, so... PT um, or...? So I was at university, and mm. I did... Originally, I did athletics, which I've done from, like, the back end of school. Right, yeah. Um, and, yeah, essentially, I've done a few, like, books competitions, which is university nationals for um, Shot and Hammer enjoyed it, done well, meddled a couple of times and then I was like, oh, I'm all right at this. Like, let me see if I can like improve my gym work. So there's a guy in there who was SNC coach at the university, but then he also worked for British Weightlifting as a regional coach. And I said, do you want to teach me this like weightlifting stuff and see if it makes me stronger? And he was like, yeah, yeah, why not? Done it. And then he like rang me one day and was like, mm, I want you to compete. I think you're going to be good. And I was like, you're mental, mate. Not a chance. And then he managed to persuade me and then I got a suit got a membership did my first comp qualified for a nationals won a medal and then never really looked back fucking hell it's so exciting what's a suit what does a suit mean so a suit is the all-in-one that you see weightlifters wear on a platform but that is for powerlifting so we're not allowed to wear any suit that's sisters it's just essentially it's just an all-in-one like one piece that you have to wear at a competition stage just is, so they can see the bar. Is it a cat suit? it's basically a cat suit it's basically a cat suit and a bestie top agreed yeah um I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if... When will I be ready? When would I ever be ready for a suit? I guess it just feels so snazzy because it means this is the big This is the big time, this is. Yeah. You, this. Feel, the, you feel the real deal when you've got one on. <laughs> uh, but when I first got my first belt, I was like, oh, what a snazzy bastard. Yes. And sometimes when I'm walking to the gym, even though it's at the end of my road, even if my belt does fit in my bag... I carry it by my side anyway, so it's really visible to the public. Yeah. Good, you should tie it, on the, tie it on the side of your bag and then have it hanging. Yes. And then people well. know. Yeah. And then it looks more yeah. as well. you a bit less likely to get mugged, doesn't it, probably? Yeah, possibly. I remember I went to go see my sister in Miami because she lives in the States, and I was going through border control, and the guy was talking to me, and then he looked and he went, are you a weightlifter? And they went, yeah. He went, all right, then go through. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a Sweet. <laughs> oh, because my belt is hanging on my bag. That I forgot oh, I about. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, um, okay, so you weren't fussy as a kid. Um, uh, do you have anything that you think demands to be eaten in a ritualistic way? Like, uh, people have very fussy ways about how they have their Cadbury's cream egg. Or okay. It can be anything. Someone did... Big Macs, they've got a really tricky way of doing. Mm. Um, anything at all that you think, like, got to be done in a certain order or at a certain pace? I am a person that, like, you know, with, like, Kit Kats and then, then biscuits with a chocolate around the end, like, I have to yeah. make sure I eat all the, like, bits off first before mm-hmm. I then eat the actual like entirety like a Twix Fine. as well I have to make sure that like it all goes off and then eat like the biscuit last and the chocolate comes off the side and stuff like yeah can't oh. like just go straight in people I'm like biscuit that biscuit first I'm biscuit, I'm biscuit first. first right biscuit so first caramel first oh what mm. no biscuit first and then I roll the chocolate and caramel into one massive ball and have it like a uh, gold I used to do that with a Milky Way like bite all it off and then the middle of it make sure that goes in a ball and then eat it Nice. I'm having a go at that. Yes, yeah, good. Um, I think the Twix thing, like, it's so funny, isn't it? In a boost and all of those things where it's like component parts, it's so normal to like have a way of breaking it down. That the other day, do you know what? Like an absolute renegade. I think it was, um, oh, a lion. I think it. I can't remember what it was. There was something, and I was like, I'm just going to eat this the way it was intended to be eaten, and just bite into it in one chomp without yeah. doing anything in any layers. Wow, well, that was brave. It was brave, thank you. It's okay. Um, but it was really nice. I did think, yeah, I mean, that is what they, it was designed to be had like that, but it's just not as fun, is it? And also then it's, it's like, I've smashed it two seconds in and it's been breathed in. Um, are there any food or drinks that you hate that most people love? Mm, milk. Just cow's milk or any milk? Just any milk, really, in general. Like, really? It's not really fun. It may- like, I can have a little bit in my cereal just so it don't, but I'd rather sit and eat dry cereal. Um, Whoa! Yeah, yeah that, that's the other wow. thing. I, I like dry cereal. Um, and for a, like, weightlifter in sport, like, obviously I'm really weird because I don't have protein shakes. I don't like peanut butter. Uh, I don't like avocados. <laughs> And so all the like proper fitness stuff, I'm like, is disgusting. Can't do it. Don't like it. Don't like it. So yeah, milk, milkshakes, all that kind of stuff. No, not about it. Um, But apart from that, like fresh tomatoes, I don't really like, but I don't mind like tomato based stuff. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Oh God, that's quite, that's quite... That turned out to be quite an intense list, if I'm honest. Mm, no, I always do the lot to unpack. Like, no, not that much, and then I start reading off a list, and everyone's like, mm, yeah, you kind of don't like much. It's the reason because that you don't have protein shakes because how much you hate milk. Yeah, I just yeah. hate the texture of them. Like that, that's the thing. It's not. It's not really a taste thing with me. It's more like a texture thing. Yeah. Like, oh, fair enough. So actually, I suppose if you swapped it for a nut milk or whatever, it's not going to make any difference. It's just no. Like I, tried, white, I tried. I tried. I tried soya milk. milk. I tried almond milk. I tried uh, oat milk. I tried the lot. It's just. It just doesn't do anything for me. Not into it. I'm sorry yeah. for you. But um, do you still have to have things that have got whey in them? Because that feels like essence of milk to me, and I can feel like I can taste it in everything it's been added to in a way that I do not like. Yeah. So to be fair, I like Greek yogurt. Okay. So I add my, my protein powder into the Greek yogurt and mix it in, okay. and have it that Dokey way. Dokes. So and um, oh god, I find it so interesting. I'm trying to. Uh, what do you think about um? So I uh, I'm I, I I flirted with veganism for a year a long time ago, and um, I still try not for any for the overwhelming m- m- main reason is for the just for the environmental impact of stuff to try and be quite planty but I eat fish and eggs and very 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 rarely meat but not never so um I think that's interesting if you're it feels like it's getting easier to have like yes uh, a weightlifting friendly planty based diet diet yeah um because in the sense that like 
vegan protein powders are everywhere. Plant-based protein powders are a piece of piss to get hold of now. Yes. Um, but is there anyone doing it at a competitive level that you know of that's planty? Does it just make life that much more complicated to eat? Yeah, it's funny actually. Um, one of our friends, she's not competing competitively anymore, but she was. She competed at the World Championship. She's actually Swiss and she's vegan and has been for a very, very long time and is like... She's official vegan as well, like not one of these people that mm. just jump on the bandwagon, like she actually has been for a very long time. Um, yeah. And it was funny, my training partner was coaching her and one day she couldn't stand more, she was getting any stronger. And she said, are you having any eggs for breakfast? And she's like, I don't like eggs. I don't eat eggs. And then we started to, basically she worked out the fact that she was vegan. And she's like, why didn't you tell me she was vegan? She said, like, it was a problem. But she actually wasn't, until she like learned she wasn't actually getting enough protein in and then the more she kind of educated herself she actually did a really good job and she actually does like some of her meals sometimes i said if i ever go to switzerland and stay with her i would eat vegan for the week while i'm there just to try it um because she actually does make some really good meals but yeah she has to work really hard to get alternative sources of uh protein it's not if i'm honest for a weight lift i ain't the best like ain't the best idea like if you wanted to do it i would probably like stop weightlifting and then after try and do it but trying to yeah. do it and weightlift is not the the, the best idea you can That's do it true. It's not- you're trying to do a lot of things at once aren't you ultimately if yeah. you're doing it like that and then and uh yeah if, if you want to like if, it, if it's going to be a hard thing anyway to go planty you do need to be able to go like well it's going to be chips hummus and peanut butter on toast for a few weeks until I work out what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, how to cook a, properly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, but also there's so many, there's so many good cookbooks and stuff now. Yes. Um, oh, definitely. Think, it's definitely Yeah, it's, it's that thing of lots of, lots of ideas at once. Also, if you're not going to do it for like the almost religious reasons that people like your Swiss friend do, where it's like, no, it's the full religion. Like I actually fundamentally do not believe we should use animals for stuff. Yes. If you're doing it for whatever, all the other reasons, environmental kind of uh, a scaled down love of animals. That's not that yes. absolute, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's no reason why you couldn't go, Oh, I'll just do it. I can do a day or two. Yes. A week like that. Even I try and do like a meal and be in a week yeah. or meal so far. And I like, try and do something like, uh, plant-based and stuff because I do I do believe that we definitely as humans should eat more vegetables. Yeah, I'm not a believer in. I, I'll never. I would never ever cut out meat. I'm just not a believer in that. But I believe that we should eat more vegetables and we should try and look after the environment more. I do agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, five second rule: yes or no? Yeah, one hundred percent. Can't wait to food. Good. Do you think? Good. Unless you're in somewhere absolutely minging, like probably our gym, like you wouldn't want to drop anything on our gym floor and pick it back up again. But like, if I'm in my house or whatever, 100%. <laughs> Proper weightlifting gyms are always like sort of a warehouse or yeah. it is pretty minging, isn't it? Generally? Yeah, squatty, like yeah. proper great. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it friendly? This isn't to do with it again. It's like women's weightlifting, it feels like. I mean, this is perhaps very naive, but like, because obviously it's extremely competitive yes. and getting more competitive all the time as it's normalised, I think. More and yes. more weight, women weightlifting than ever before in terms yes. of the popularity of it. Yes, we a, actually have more members of British weightlifting that are female than male now. Get in! That's yeah. so exciting because like it's not that long since when I first started lifting, it was with a sort of trainer and it was against their better instinct really. I was like, please can I have a, can I have a go at that? And they they never she she never quite got it out of her mind that I didn't secretly really just want to be thin. Um, and back then, like and still where I live in South East London ish. It's, it's got better and better and better, but then you would almost guaranteed be the only woman in the weight section, in the free weight section. Yeah, of course. At any one time. And that does make it intimidating, I think, for people, especially on their own to go, I'm just going to go and give it a go. Mm. I suppose also because it feels like it is so, like you, you can, most of the fucking cardio machines, you can probably work it out. Oh, yeah. Whereas with, with lifting, you do want to be shown by someone who knows what they're doing. I would yeah, say. you should probably never just try weightlifting just because, like, you probably should have some direction. Because, yeah, because uh, it's a bit dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, I bet there's like, I bet just the general extra confidence of men that they will nine oh, yeah, times well, out of ten have just just yeah. had a go at deadlifting just for yeah. like, of course I can do it. I'm yeah. a Johnny Big Potatoes. 
100%. I've definitely had men come to me and say, oh, but I could do that easy. Like, when I've cleaned a joke, like, one thought, they're like, oh, you could do that easy. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> have a go then. Come on, have a yeah. go. Oh, like, come yeah. on. <laughs> do you want me to film you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it on gram for you. <laughs> but yeah, answering your question. Yeah. yeah. Um, female weightlifting, I think, has been fantastic because you have had like there was probably Zoe Smith at one point was probably the only like female weightlifter that everybody knew and then there was more and more girls that came in and then you've got like you know the likes of Emily Godley now Sarah Davis like me and there's loads of us and everybody kind of came to sport and seen how amazing the other girl was doing and was like I want to yeah. be that good and then obviously other girls have come in and and now, you know, we could possibly qualify a full team of females next year for the Olympics, which has never, ever been done before. And really? so girls are just looking and thinking, well, if them girls can do it, then surely we can do it. And I think it's been like an absolute snowball effect. And that's why now, if you go to a British Championships, you have literally got to be on your game now. You can't just turn up and just expect to do really well or win a medal. Like, you have to make sure that you are like 100% in shape because these these girls that people don't really know about that can come in and swoop and take his spot like it's so just, just really, been training it's, under it's the radar like pr- absolutely brilliant for the sport because wow. people are like the girls are killing it now yeah get in and once you're there like because so presumably like I think the rules change that they all the time but you know it's again just like learn all about this today but like it seems to be did it used to be for regionals for things or whatever sometimes the rule is if you can lift this certain weight at these whatever these five four five lifts then you qualified and now it's like you have to do that and you have to end up being in the top whatever yes. six twelve ten depending on the competition to make it into yes. an england team or a gb team or a regional team so yeah the more people doing it and doing it well and then the higher the harder it is to make sure you get in into that sort of selection of people who are then going to go and compete and if you and once you do and then say there's i don't know how many of you would go at once to the olympics for example so for this olympics the qualification has been it's the first time they've done this qualification system so i'm going to try and say it in a short form because it is stupidly long uh, but basically you each country gets four slots for men, four slots for women. Um, right. But then if they have had previous... Doping, In each weight category? No, just across That's every all. weight category. Yeah, oh. across every weight category. So there's seven weight categories, seven Olympic categories for men and seven Olympic categories for women. You can only take right. four of each. But that's if you have behaved yourself. If you've not behaved yourself and you've had previous doping violations, you can have your slots cut to either three, two or one for each, depending on how naughty you've been. So that's that. And then basically everybody in the world is qualified in the same way. So you've had to go to six qualification competitions. They've all been tiered gold, silver and bronze. Gold, you get 10% on your points. Silver, you get 5%. Bronze, you get what you get. You can pick whichever comps you would like to go to or whatever you're eligible to go to and compete in whatever. And you basically pick your own pathway to earn as many points as you feel you need to to qualify. They take the top eight in the world and they, they get picked first. And then if you're not in the top eight in the world, you have to be the first person left in your continental rankings. So then they'll take eight and then one from Africa, Asia, Oceania, Europe and Pan American. And then there'll be one wild card slash um, host country. So Japan get to take people without necessarily qualifying them in the system. They have a little bit of a different one. And wild card is if you have represent a country that's not had had minimal representation at the Olympics before, if that okay. makes sense. And yeah, that's what will make each category up when we go to the Olympics, because basically it's straight final. So you go once, you mess it up, by Felicia, basically. Oh, oh my so that's God, how you qualify. it's so exciting and so it's been, and yeah, it's been pretty savage. So obviously we was all at like comp number five before the pandemic. Um, but now we've all got one more to do. So now we've got one more qualifying period, which will start next month and lead on to April next year. Um, as long as we qualify, as long as we compete once in that thing and we get enough points to qualify, then we should be good. So oh, my God. So, it's, it's so cool. exciting. Now, I love the detail in that. Mm. It is incredible if that's an abridged version because... Half your training is just working out what you're meant to be doing when, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I do some sold. I mean, 
And once you're all selected and um, it, you know who your team are that are going to a competition, for example, like the Olympics, is it pretty friendly and supportive then, you'd hope? Yes, definitely. Well, yeah. I, would, I would hope so. Like, I, at the end yeah. of the day, like, I mean, to be fair, it's good because the four girls that have the potential of going to the Olympics, we are yeah. um, quite good friends and we do support each other very well. And okay. we all want each other to do really well. Um, mm-hmm. And we together quite a bit. We, we spend a lot of time together, um, like doing that kind of stuff. Because I think we all understand how hard it's been to get to that point. Like it's been savage, like there's no qualification. Like yeah. 2019, I think I competed a total of like eight times. And if you obviously Whoa. try and split that into a year, that's a lot. Like. We literally compete. We like we was like lifting. Then we'd have twelve weeks. We'd have to peak. We'd lift again. We'd like to, and like our bodies were battered. We was all yeah. emotional wrecks. So you know what us women are like anyway. Um, so you know we're we're hundred percent. But we are in competition days and stuff. We're internationals. Like the like I'll help the girls out because I always lift last because it goes in weight order. So obviously right. super heavyweights are on the last day. And I'll help the girls out in the week, you know, like have a, you know, sit, even if it means sitting in the sauna with them for an hour with a bottle of water so I don't lose weight, but they do, you know, that's the kind of stuff yeah, that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the last day, you oh, know, God. Yeah, then the last day the girls will be running around after me. So, you know, it's, it, we all try yeah. and, you know, do the best we can to make sure that we all do the best that we can because, you know, it's not just, for us to do this to go to the Olympics as well proves a point for us as weightlifters. So it's so important yeah. that we all do this together, like we all walk in and, and work as hard as we can um, together. So yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Though. We've got a cool little community in that. I mean, the boys may keep us keep us going because they're just funny. Um, so yeah. they, uh, but yeah, no, it's good. It's it's all good fun. Internationals are great. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, I have to ask you things to do with eating as well. Because um, <laughs> can you tell I'm really excited? I'm really excited to talk to someone who knows what they're doing with the old weightlifting. Um, I imagine, I don't know, maybe, well, you can just say I don't drink if the answer's that. But if you do ever drink alcohol, what is your cure thing to eat or drink for a hangover? Mm, good question. I mean, I don't regularly drink, but like after... Um, special occasions or whatever then I will yeah um, but I mean you need a good fire up in the morning there's nothing that can cure a hangover than having you know good sausage and bacon yeah. and eggs um, yeah and then hmm good question any good I mean, to drink mm, See, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of juice like I'm really simple like mm. like nice cold juice in the orange apple pineapple orange apple tropical something Any. along those lines yeah but like good but it's like i've got to have been in the fridge though and be like really cold okay. um, yeah but yeah i'm uh and then obviously for like dinner or something you've got to have like a to be fair a roast on a sunday after you've had a saturday night oh, hangover yeah. can't really go wrong yeah. with that can you yeah, and we're moving back into the season for it now, which yes. is exciting. And isn't I said we're away from chicken and salad now, back to like full blown, like massive yes, roast, aren't we? Yeah, with Yorkshire's. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, if there was no other option, would you ever eat a person? Uh, if I was hungry enough, probably. <laughs> yeah, good. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? Uh, it's fabulous to face out here, isn't it? Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> That is the attitude of true, true athlete and Olympian, isn't it? <laughs> Survival of the fittest. Yeah, I'd eat, I'd eat her. I'd yeah, eat her. Um, tell me about a time you ever ate anything out of awkwardness or embarrassment. Ooh. See, fear. There is a lot of pressure being a super heavyweight weightlifter with with weightlifters. Because mm-hmm. they eat quite a lot, but then obviously because you're big, they expect you to eat a lot more. And mm-hmm. we was in, it was in Batumi in Georgia. And this was the night before I was lifting. And we basically got these like meat platters. So it's basically like, their food is basically like Turkish Greek foods, like all the grilled yeah. meats, salads, mm-hmm. chips, breads. And we ordered these platters and he kept telling us it was going to be big. And we was like, we're fine, we're fine. Like we're weightlifters, we'll eat it all, blah, blah. And then yeah. it came and it was 
humongous and we had two of them like between six of us and obviously it got to a point where like I didn't know if I was going to breathe anymore but I had to finish it so we just kept plowing away at it and I just like, mm. kept eating it and I kept putting another chicken wing in my mouth thinking you have to get up and lift tomorrow like what are you doing yeah. Um, yeah. this is ludicrous and then stupidly I don't know what made me think about it there was a McDonald's across the road and I, told, I convinced everyone to go and get ice cream after <laughs> so we walked down the street and I literally could just about put one foot in front of the other because I'm so full and I'm eating ice cream <laughs> how did it go the next day oh yeah yeah I've been free bronzes and PB'd everything so I can't really complain <laughs> oh no this is what you've basically admitted is that you've worked out your lucky trick yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I said everyone before. Get like, flurry for pudding. They're like, how did the Europeans go? I'm like, eat, eat till you can't breathe, then eat an ice cream, and then just ask your friend to check on you in the middle of the night to make sure you've not stopped breathing, and you'll win a medal the next day. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of pressure for me to uh, to eat a lot sometimes, and sometimes I'm just, yeah. I'm just not up to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I have to eat a lot every single day. So, you know? It's mad, actually. I'm so... It's so fascinating and novel and nourishing to have a conversation with a woman that's the... It's literally the opposite of the vast majority of conversations you have with people who are like, I spent my life dieting, yeah. it's a total head fuck. I, I've, you know, so many women live their whole lives into their old age. Yeah. Hungry. Yeah, agreed. And actually, like, it's so fucked up. But equally, perhaps that's not that easy the other way as well. Like, ultimately, the dream is, like you say, I couldn't agree more. Like, if only we can all just give a few less fucks about it. The majority of men don't think about the exact nutritional content of what they're eating 24-7. They don't think about what their body looks like 24-7. We consume so much of our lives, energy-wise and money-wise, yeah. has a massive industry in it on on controlling what we eat and it, giving less fucks is the dream and, and ultimately I think being able to be more intuitive and going well do you know what? I'm hungry now I'm going to have something now I feel like eating this I'm going to have this and that's also a privilege that uh, you don't you get less anyway if you are competitive athlete yeah. because you kind of yeah but I mean it is so interesting to talk to someone at the other end of that spectrum where there are clearly by the sounds of it times where you have to eat more than you really want yeah. but it's a price worth paying if you're lifting that much more again and again and again and you want to be the best you can ever be at lifting yeah exactly and yeah. i always think as well it's, it's it, like it, what winds me up is when people are saying oh i want to lose weight and want to do this and feel like they have to go on these diets like diets are always going to be temporary like yeah. if you want to lose weight, you have to change your lifestyle. And it's quite funny actually because my mum through lockdown came to me and was like, I really want to lose weight and blah, blah, blah. And I said, listen, if you're serious, then I'll help you. I said, but, you know, we're going to have to do this properly. And like, I haven't put her on a diet. Like she no. eats the same. All she does is I say to her, the reason why you go to work and eating biscuits and binging is because you've had no breakfast. If you have breakfast in the morning, then you're not going to want to open the biscuits and eat them because you've actually had something properly to, proper to eat. She started going walking pretty much every day, just going for like, what, two and a half miles, three mile walks, whatever. And in the start of lockdown, she's lost over two stone. But wow. she has a kebab at the weekend if she wants to, or she has yeah, a fish and chips when she wants to. And do you yeah. know what I mean? She has a piece of cake if she wants to. This is what I'm trying to say to people about, like trying to diet and trying to restrict yourself. You're never going to stick to it. You have to change the way that your mind thinks and your the way that you uh, have a relationship with food. You stop seeing certain foods as being bad and certain foods as being good. And, and you just need to make sure that you're having good meals throughout the day and that, you know, you're not having stupid amounts of stack, snacks that are filled with loads of fat and sugar. Like, do you know what I mean? But if you have a pack, I if you decide at night you want to eat a pack of biscuits, like eat a pack of biscuits, but then make yeah, sure, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you know what you did. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but also there's no shame in that. Like, ultimately, either sometimes there's a a calling, an emotional calling or a physical calling to eat a fucking packet of biscuits. And that calling should be met, I I believe. Equally, I think if you're really listening to yourself, 
body wise then um, if you do smash packet biscuits or whatever you feel a bit shit afterwards like you feel a bit of a peak in a trough like yes. ultimately if you go to bed it's fine it's 100% fine to do it it's as often as you fucking like really but you it's having that awareness of how what you eat makes you feel I yes think. agreed and once you've tapped into all of that I think another genuine I I end this podcast um, like violently anti-diet and also I think oh I think weight loss is a very complicated, it's a fucking minefield, essentially. Yeah. But there is, there's there's an element, I think, in, I don't know how you even begin until you work out how to be, not happy is perhaps an overstatement, but like content with yourself now. Like, if you can find a place where you're like, I could just be happy now. I could just, just carry on like this. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. Content, as I'm well, just, yeah. And be, uh, and then just be like aware of, like how how you how different things that you eat make you feel. If you put everything off limits, like you know, I don't know if you've ever had any patch of dieting in your life, but like ultimately, like you were saying that um, um, unless you keep an eye on it, your weight will drop. There's like most people have a natural category that their body is in, and. Yeah. Uh, and it will vary from person to person how big the category is. With some people between half a stone, some people between a stone, whatever. Then it is like if you if you restrict, then you you might lose weight in the short term. I always found that I would ultimately come back to somewhere in that category, yes. and the category was go up and up and up because the restricting was leading to binging. Yeah. Um, and and that's like it's sort of universal experience. So it's so mad that the government are like count your calories because they're going to make people heavier. Um, in the long term, like ugh, I don't know. Um, I think if you if you can make your peace with that category that you're like you're natural, what you're naturally meant to be, and yeah. and for a lot of women that means letting go of the idea of ever being thin. Yeah. Certainly for me, and that's a head fuck because we all get told from pre-puberty now that thinness is success and it's dog shit because it's impossible for an enormous amount of women um anyway i've had a rant yeah no i like it i like the strong and i I agree with everything you say 100 like i would never be skinny in my life and if i'm honest i really don't want to be like we'd have to be so miserable yeah even when i finish weightlifting i know i'm probably going to lose weight because you know being at 120 kilos when you're not lifting is, is you know pointless but I'm probably never going to be any lower than 100 kilos, like, because I'm, you know, I'm 5'11", I'm quite a big girl, I've always been a big girl, so it's not going to be that way, but doesn't mean that I'm not healthy and doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, the way I should be, this is the way I was meant to be, like, you know, we're all different for a reason, like. I think you're amazing, I think it's so amazing, I can't wait, I hope that... I can't wait to watch you do what you do. Um, no, hopefully we can all get back out there soon. Yeah, Damn, we're also having to make man. do watching people train on the old int, like on people's social media, aren't we? But yeah. oh, bring it on when we can actually. I've just yeah. Mmm, delicious. A boy gets bitten by a radioactive peacock and gets a terrible power he can't control and fanning out huge big sexy feathers everywhere. But they're huge, they're smashing through windows, piercing people through the head, blowing off roofs. Um, anyway, he's a teenage boy, he fancies everything so that the feathers are always coming out, smashing stuff up and killing people. It's wreaking devastation wherever he goes, it's awful. Luckily, um, he's agreed to turn back into a normal boy, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, climb to the top of Mount Everest carrying 41 watermelons. It sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. Your reward in reality is the adulation of all people for all time because you have saved humanity from Peacock Boy. Wow. Your reward in the moment, though, is the feast of your dreams. So it's like the opposite of a last meal in the sense that you are the happiest, like you're high, but you're also the hungriest you've ever been. So I would love to know in this fantasy example, what your dream feast would be. It can be as little as much as you like, that's irrelevant. It doesn't have to be possible, let alone healthy or ethical. Don't care about any of that. I wanna know, no holes barred. Like, what would your dream thing to be, to eat, to drink, and if there's a who with and where, who with and where? Another caveat is a lot of people get stressed out by this question. I would also add, I'm very aware this is your answer now. And that if I asked you even in two hours time, you could give a different answer. Of course. But what would your answer be to that question now? Mm, agreed. I think it would have to be like a Caribbean feast. 
So it would have to be like jerk chicken, curry chicken, like curry goat, plantain, dumplings, uh, mac and cheese, like all of that kind of stuff, like salad, yes. rice, rice and peas, like just everything. And then for dessert, it would have to be a big massive platter of fruit because I just absolutely love fruit. Like even though like, like you watermelon and your mangoes and your pineapples and all that kind of stuff, then cheesecake because you just, you can't go wrong with cheesecake. And nice. yeah, I'm a big fan of like fruit cheesecake. Um, mm. Then why not? If it's a feast and you've got to have at least a few desserts, you can't just have like one, two. So no. then we're going to have to have a crumble of some some description yes I think so like with custard or ice cream with or... custard yeah okay yeah hot or cold oh hot oh, okay I think that's a southern thing you know somebody didn't try to heat up my custard the other day at a party and I was like you southern as a weird man can you get in the microwave because I don't know why it's, it's okay Sorry. don't worry about it it's not your fault um, <laughs> and then I would have what else could you have on the feast? I feel like it would have to be... Um, well, if I'm having a feast or I'm having a celebration, it's got to be cocktails, hasn't it? Like, yeah. it's got to be loads and loads of cocktails, so, like, loads of different fruity cocktails. And, that. and I don't, I'm not, like, in a, these traditional ones. It's like, you know, you bang all the booze on the table and we get creative, like, we throw everything in and, like, we throw all different juices in and, like, okay. grenadine and all that kind of stuff. Like, we go in, we go wild, like... Stick it in, see what happens. I'm a scientist. Yeah, yeah, like, do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, like, the alchemists, they like to, like, do all the smoke and stuff now, don't they? Like, let's go for it. Let's get smoke on it. Let's get fire on it. Get it all on. Um, And with and with whom? I mean, not going to lie, it'd be good if you could have, like, a table on the side of the beach somewhere where it's very hot and nice and chilled. Lots of loud music. So like the speakers are absolute full blast, like with the tunes going. And then it would just have to be with like, just all my peoples, like, if, if so everyone's coming yeah there. everyone yeah it's got to be a big party yes. like it's got to be a big like celebration because after there's got oh, to be lots of dancing to dance off all the food that we eat so oh, you know oh god it sounds so great it yeah. sounds really great what a great answer thank you no problem oh god you got me excited now thinking I need to make oh, this happen <laughs> I know my mouth's watered actually <laughs> I'm in my time. Mega thanks to Emily for taking the time to hoover with me in between. I think she had a physio thing and then her training uh, that day. What a superstar, right? Follow her. Uh, she is on Instagram at emilyjade underscore gb. Uh, and she has a line of her own merch coming out. Training clothes, water bottles, all sorts of snazzy shit. Um, keep an eye on her socials. Make sure to follow her on Instagram. Um, and then you'll be the first to know about where to get that when it comes out. I, for one, will be purchasing some of that stuff. Um, oh, God. I just think she's ace. I can't wait to watch her do her thing one day. Ah, I hope we can. I hope they I hope they can televise things, even if they can't do things in a normal way with audiences. Okay, enough, enough um, fawning from me. But I really loved that episode. And as you could tell, I was very excited to be able to ask someone all those questions about the old bloody weightlifting. Don't worry, I'm not going to start a weightlifting podcast. I'll stick to this one about eating, but I really do like talking about weightlifting, as you could tell. Right, want to try Oddbox? It's like a box of fruit and veg or just veg where they get the fruit and veg from amazing suppliers and it's all wonky or surplus so a supermarket or wherever a restaurant whatever has rejected it and you get it and it's fresh and amazing and often it means you just get stuff like a massive cauliflower um it's so good and it's in all of london and some of the outskirts of london if you want to try it and want a tenner off your first box use a link in my podcast notes or in my twitter handle at the hoovering pod there follow at the hoovering pod whatever you're doing and then it's in the bio there is a link for you to get a tenner off and it gives me a tenner off too thank you very much um and that makes it only i think two or three quid for a box yeah they're, and they're amazing they're doing great things all round feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews recommendations or with your actual money at acast supporter or on patreon um 
links to everything as ever, including things that we discussed, are all in the podcast notes, which should be available from wherever you downloaded this from. Follow me if you like, at Jessica Foster Q. Anything longer than a tweet to tell me, use my website, jessicafosterq.com, where you can email me. Huge thanks to Acast for hosting this podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham, and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. 